0: Hey Hawks fans, Luke Bruce here, CJ here, Jarman here. If you love the Hawks,
1: then you need to be connected to the Hawks Insiders. It's got all the latest news, match recaps, interviews, and specialised content. Written by the Hawks fans for the Hawks fans. Make sure you subscribe. Get your daily dose of Hawthorne content into your inbox. Go Hawks. Go, Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Here's Jarman's for the Insiders. Hi everyone! Welcome to this the first of a new series that we've got coming at you this offseason, uh, where we take a chunk of players. Um, it's done in alphabetical order, get a grouping together, and go through their season. There was that was a bit like our player reviews of the last couple of years, but instead of looking at them. Individually, we're going to go through them in groups as I mentioned alphabetically. Um, uh, Before I introduce you to my partner in crime for this first edition, uh, just to give you guys a bit of an understanding of how this is going to work, um, we initially thought we would do them in groups in alphabetical order. but obviously the recording process who's available when there's available, which group of players they've got changes. So we're going to mix and match and uh, maybe that'll uh, provide a bit of mystery as to which group of players we're going to have on uh, each subsequent episode. Um, They'll either be five or six per pod. There'll be roughly 30 minutes or so, depending on uh, the quality of, of the players, I guess. And and which of the insiders you've got. And and I can tell you, you do not want Prinzi and I in the same edition, or it could turn into a two-hour pod. But uh, you don't have to worry about that for now. Joining me for this first player review pod, it's a very, very warm welcome to you, Simon Morowitz.
0: G'day, Lucy. Great to be here.
1: Uh, how are you feeling? We've had a couple of weeks post season um, to just, I guess, get a little bit of perspective on how how things went throughout the twenty twenty three campaign.
0: Yeah, it's a good question um, because it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange season where kind of anything went. There was we were able to experiment and and give a look at some players that that might not otherwise be in an AFL twenty two. Um, this. Is the real season for us as we as we uh, are in our development. This is the time of year where we get busy. Um, so I'm very excited. I, I follow um, trade period and and the, the silly season pretty closely as it is. But now that we're basically going to be linked to every player that exists, um, that gets on the market. Yeah, I think we it's going to be wild for us.
1: Well, we've now become that club that either can be used to help, uh. Write articles, sell newspapers, increase players' values used by managers to say there's more than one club discussing it. And I guess everyone thinks it's plausible these days, right? We're into every single person that is on the market.
0: And, I, I, you know, I would have thought that because basically we, there's not a position on the ground that we don't need some extra depth in, that any person who basically comes up... um it's believable that we'd be into the only position I would have thought perhaps isn't is the halfback line, but then Massimo D'Ambrosio comes up and here we are, we're going for him. So now there's just absolutely no one that, that's not going to get linked to us.
1: Yeah. You'd like to think there's some sort of rhyme and reason behind it. And uh, I guess that's why we're the ones unpacking it and, and giving our thoughts and, and opinions. And, and we're on this side of the microphone and we'll, we'll just let those, Professionals at the club do what they do, have full faith in them. I think the other thing that's interesting is on the eve of uh 10-year reunion and, and the 10-year reunion uh, events for the 2013 premiership, um, it's interesting you mention about trade periods, about drafts, because that that golden year era that we, you know, got to witness and be part of the three Um, you know, there are so many littered examples of why we look forward to this off season so much, because we've got such a celebrated pr- past in terms of getting big wins this time of year.
0: Yeah. Some players that, that, they're so ingrained in my memory of Hawthorne that I forget that they come from other clubs um, and that there must've been a moment where, you know, we landed them for the club and there was the big reveal and um, it's sort of so, so Hawthorne to me that if I forget that that ever happened, but you're right, thinking about it and seeing them um, all together now really drives that home.
1: For sure. Well, enough of the, Jibba Jabba, I think we're ready, Mara, to get straight into this episode's group of players. Uh, for this, this session that we're going to take our listeners through, we've been lumped with players H through to K in surname. So, Henry Hustwait, Jarman Impey, Emerson Jekka, Changut Giath, and Jacob Kazitsky. Uh, it's probably good with some of these names that it's you and I. There are some fiery opinions on on some of these guys from the insiders, but let's start with the Helly Hansen of the group, Henry Hustwaite. So Hustwait, obviously, his first season at the club, uh, draft drafted at number thirty seven in the twenty twenty two national draft managed to get two games in this year after what was a pretty impressive season uh at Box Hill throughout the year just reward for a really good debut season got himself two games uh in the seniors they were the last two rounds of the season uh round 23 against the D's round 24 against the Dockers didn't look out of place either the first game against Melbourne uh, had the 15 touches, kicked those two, uh, two wonderful goals uh, early had five tackles. So a pretty good spread in your debut performance and followed that up against Frio with 13 possessions, three marks, three tackles. Uh, I think it's less about the stats, although we can have a chat about those goals, Mara. Um mm-hmm. but You have definitely liked what you've seen, I believe, in terms of uh, Hust weight through his first year in brown and gold.
0: Absolutely. Um, He's definitely got the attributes. Um, He's got the talent. And the comparisons to Scott Pendlebury, I think, are apt because he's got the time, which is just something that is very rare, I think, in in a midfielder where he just takes that extra pause, that extra second, to assess the options um it's all about opportunity for him so our midfield is reasonably well stacked and and also this it's very young so we're trying to get games into all those players so it's just about whether all the puzzle pieces fit um and unfortunately just as it was the way it started and him being a new draftee he kind of was that piece that was left out i, I suppose that the challenge is for him to force the hand of the selectors then for the next season to say, well, I'm actually too good to play at Box Hill. Um, you have to knock someone else out, and it's unfortunate for whoever gets knocked out. But you know, he's not there to, you know, do favors to anyone else. If he wants to get in the team, he's got to be like that. And so, like I said, I think the talent is there. Um, the opportunity is not at the moment. It's up to him to force the hand.
1: It bodes well in terms of that depth of midfield that you're talking about. And and obviously our midfield was the shining light of our season this year with with Day and and Newcomb and Warps and Connor Nash. But then you look at the next group of players and um, you know, Princey wants to see Connor McDonald in the middle, but you've still got um Josh Ward and you've got Cam McKenzie and you know, it's interesting that Hustawait, even though he's only played a couple of games, you would you have him ahead of someone, for example, like Cooper Stevens, who at the start of the year, we were all pretty bullish about having someone that was a high draft pick that's had games played into him? Like, oh, well, I...
0: if you've got an extra hour, I can talk to you about Geelong's early, early round drafting. Uh, and <laughs> Cooper Stevens, um, him being a high draft pick by Geelong doesn't necessarily... Um, mean the same as as by some other clubs, but yes, I have him ahead of Cooper Stevens at the moment.
1: Um, it, it was a good opportunity just to throw in a little uh, a little <laughs> jab in there. The John. But so so, Mara, I guess the question is: fair to assume he starts the season at Box Hill next year?
0: Um, other things equal, yes. you uh, thinking about some of the players that we had out of the team as well, like Cam McKenzie. Um, and and like you said, I agree. I think that Connor McDonald is going to push through more midfield time next year as well. So I think he's going to spend, he's going to start the season out. Um, it's up to him to force his way in.
1: Yeah. And it's a great watch. I mean, Prinzi oh, will move on shortly, but Prinzi always talks about, and Brad has in recent, recent times as well. For such a big midfield group, you need to have a really significant Point of difference, um, and where you know Ned Long's the other one I didn't mention earlier. Um, you know what is it? The question is, what is it that makes them, um, or, or gives them something that perhaps the others don't have? And and you mentioned it, Huss waits time, like it just looks like he's got that extra, extra second to make a decision or has made a decision before he decides what to do with the ball and his hands are super clean as well. So that puts him in pretty good stead.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great shout Um because, and, that, and that's what makes Will Day so impactful yeah, around the likes of Warpole and Newcomb is that while the others have the grunt, he's got the class and the, and the burst speed. So um I think that's something that works for him, Henry, Um that, that, composure it's about whether or not um he can string good enough form to force his way to an afl team at VFL level for long enough
1: beautiful well let's move on to number four jarman impi um i think there's probably two separate things to look at here morale. One is that, that the cold, hard stats and, and what do they say? And then I guess the eye test in terms of how you think he went throughout the season. So if we actually look at his season in 2023, Jars played 22 matches, which is the most he's played in a season. And, and with some of the shocking injuries he's had over the last few years, I mean, he, Sorry, it's not the most he's had. He had 24 in 2018, which was the first year he came to Hawthorne. And from there, he had 17 games in 2019, five in 2020, 13 in 2021, 16 in 2022. And there've always been sort of those lingering injury question marks or concerns around whether or not he's going to piece a season together. He got the 22 games in this season. So that's a pretty good starting point.
0: Yes. Um, I, I I do have concerns about how he holds up um, because with these players, one season is kind of possible. Um, but when you eventually, when you look back at it, you go, well, yeah, well, that was that one season, but eight out of the nine, they didn't. So I, I have concerns, but on exposed form, He's got his body right. He's playing some reasonable footy. He's a lock for his position. Um, so, other things equal, um, I'm hopeful that with our, our new guru in the fitness department, um, he's got it all. He's got it all working.
1: Yeah. So, just to go through some of his stats, he averaged 21 touches uh, per game for the season, which is above average. That's 13 and a half kicks, seven and a half handballs. Average five and a half marks per game for the season. Again, above average. Um, Average number of meters gained, 340 uh, and two tackles per match. Um, Again, if we were putting it into perspective in terms of his entire season, season compared to others, he had more disposals for the year than he's had in any other previous year. He had more marks than he's had in any previous year Um, his tackle count was down um, but he he was clearly um, playing that role his rebounds uh, he had 62 rebounds for the season his previous best was 47 in 2021 so I guess the other question your thoughts on his best seemed to be really really good Um, but there were also moments where um, you know, I think one of one of the knocks on Jars when he first came to the club was his, his kicking and efficiency, um, and there se- seemed to be a few games this year where he, th- there were just some inexplicable sort of turnovers.
0: It's an interesting one because we, uh, as I've mentioned, we're very stocked in that position, and it seemed quite a bit that he was not... He wasn't trying to be as explosive and as and as um, quick out of the back line as he has in the past. And he's sort of letting some other players, like a Mitchell or a Weddle, um, do more of that running. And and like you said, the metres gained wasn't wasn't massive for someone in that position. But I'm, I'm interested to know where where something like in you know, Champions Data says it's average. I, I don't know where they classify him because he was sort of the – he was doing a lot of intercepting but not a lot of rebounding. Um, so it's an interesting one that that average um classification. i don't I don't really love how they do that. Um because, yeah, like I said, I think he's sort of almost almost like a like a leader for the for the next generation of rebounders. we've got so many young rebounders coming through. He's doing a lot of the first play, like the intercepting or the spoiling um, and leaving the actual uh, drive to the others. Is that is that how you saw it as well, a little bit?
1: Yeah, very much so. And I think I was going to say, so so further to that, not just a leader to the, the younger legs to rebound outside of, you know, defensive 50, a leader in general, you know, we're the youngest list in the comp. We've got a 28-year-old who is, you know, one of the fabrics at the club. We, we know he's a bit of a larrikin off the field. We know he... um has a significant role to play when it comes to to the fun and the, um, you know, adding a bit of character and joy into training and, and that whole side of things. He's a jokester, he's a larrikin, he's 28. So, you know, getting, again, getting 22 games into him where there's the consistency of having an elder statesman that's looked up to on the field every week, that's probably undervalued. Um, you know, I I'm one that jumps straight to the stats, but you know, he, he's a lock in the team. He's a lock in the team because of all of those things that the kids around him need in my crazy opinion. when you think a
0: 28-year-old with 170 games as the godfather of the team. <laughs> it really puts um our list into perspective.
1: It does. It certainly does. But no, it was um Look, it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, this pod will drop before the Peter Crimmins medal. Um, how he goes um, polling, and and I think that's always also a, a good reflection based on you know how your coaching group sees you. And so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him in the top ten um, again, just based on consistency throughout the year,
0: and having played. Like you said, the most uh, most games apart from finals, um, yeah, be looking at one of his better finishes
1: for sure. As we move on to the number thirty nine, Emerson Jekka. and as we record this, we found out today that he's actually been delisted, which is which is sad. Um, I I feel like every year there's there's probably one or two players that get delisted, and there's uh I would have kept him, I would have got rid of him, and and hindsight usually proves to be pretty pretty correct. Um twenty two years of age he's struggled with his body over the last couple of seasons and didn't manage to crack it for a senior game this year. I think one of the other troubles has been is he a forward? is he a defender he's been been played in multiple possessions uh, positions, excuse me um, played four games in 2021, three games in 2022, like I said, couldn't get into the team. Uh, in 2023 and, um, it's an interesting one. We'll talk about Coszy um, shortly. Um, and, and obviously we've had a good look at, uh, at McKay from North and haven't been able to, to nab him your thoughts, Maura. It's an interesting one given, um, the Max Lynch retirement as well. And our height profile on our list that, that we've let him go as a 22 year old.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a great point because at this stage, we can't really be picky with our tools. Um, if anyone, you know, if anyone happens to get some injuries next year, <laughs> you'd rather have someone to replace them than no one, but it does seem like he he had his injury troubles. He had some pretty poorly timed injuries when he could have possibly had an opening in the team and just undermined himself. It's not that he did it on purpose, but that, that sort of undermined his chances as well. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think he ever really um, he ever really developed properly in either position. Like, we played him forward, we played him back. Um, I'm not overly surprised that we cut him. Is there a chance? Because he, I don't think he was a rookie.
1: Is there yeah, a chance he was be a rookie? I think he, oh, was, was he? Um, he was originally a rookie in the 2019 draft Um, was elevated off the rookie list. So... There is. uh, Is that to say that we can't do that again? Like
0: once we've elevated him, you can't make him a rookie? Or
1: I think that he could be – well, I think he could be redrafted as a rookie and and similarly uh, there are other clubs who will be interested in doing the same potentially. It's just – I mean – when you're struggling to get a game or you've been littered with, you know, injuries when you're signing a one year contract extension, as he did at the end of last year, if you're failing to get onto the park, um, especially um, with such great opportunities in terms of the young team, if you're struggling to get on the park and when you do get on the park, you're not cracking it for a senior game. If, Feels a bit like his papers might be stamped.
0: Yes. Um, and like I said, on, on exposed form, I'm not surprised at all. Um, it's just like you say, the fact that we are pretty light on um, for tall forwards and tall backs, and he can do both. So that's, I think, where the surprise comes from. But on the package that he has put in front of the club to say, keep me on the list, I'm not surprised that he's been delisted. with it
1: for sure well we'll wait and see what happens and where his career progresses to next uh whilst we progress to our next player who happens to be uh none other than fan favorite uh changuth giath uh it's it's an interesting discussion to be had about cj and um Mora, you, you'll probably be able to confirm to all of our listeners that this is one that causes um, quite quite robust discussion in our WhatsApp group, uh, to talking about Gath's value um, off the field as well as on it.
0: it certainly does, um, and part of that is because we don't really have many assets that we would be willing to give up, that other people would be willing to pay up for. It's just about the only one. Because there's, I mean, there's plenty of other assets that people want. No, make no mistake, but we're not giving up uh, uh, Josh Ward and we're not giving up Cam McKenzie and Conor McDonald and all these players. Um, but given that we did all right um, with CJ out of the team, that we've got plenty of players who can play that position, that we're targeting more of them if, if D'Ambrosio comes along then if someone thinks they can use CJ, then they might put together a package that we couldn't say no to. So it's it's an interesting one. I wouldn't be actively shopping him. Um, but if someone was to come along and make a decent offer, then we would be mad not to consider it. And that's where the um, the discussion comes in because first and foremost, there are some people who don't even agree with that. They say, no, CJ's on ours. We're going to stick with him. He had one kind of one down season, but other than that, its trajectory has been upwards and we know it's not always linear. And uh, then even if some people say, yes, if the package is good enough, then what's good enough? Is it a first rounder? Is it a second rounder? Is it three picks? So um, There's there's never ending discussion. And the only way it'll end is when the bell rings on trade period and we've either got him or we don't.
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Ash is very, very strong on um, his saleability and marketability and the fact that um, all of, well, my kids, Evie's favourite player is CJ. And, you know, she, she knows plenty of players, but she knows CJ and is the perfect example of, you know, what he means to a lot of kids and supporters and and he has that there are a lot of nines on jumpers from the last um last little period obviously he only switched to nine at the start of 2022 but automatically um 2022 saw a lot of nines on jumpers off the back of his 21 season um so so there definitely that can't be ignored um that the fact that he represents a community represents them well you know he's part of um, what we're trying to build off field at Hawthorne from a multicultural point of view as well but um, what that sort of comes back to which we'll get into now are actually you know we're, we're building a premiership team does he have what it takes to be part of that premiership? premiership side so if we have a look um cj only managed eight games this season which is really really disappointing um he wasn't subbed out of any of them but pretty much every um every stat was below average or average compared to his career numbers uh his handball um his handball um stats for the year he averaged seven and a half uh handballs for the season per game which was above the um above the afl average but pretty much everything else was below you talk about marks and tackles and meters gained which has always been a big one for cj running off the back flank um as well as touches and um yeah that there wasn't too much uh to ride home about from a season point of view, um, I guess Mara, The question is, you know, we we just talked about Jarman MP. Um, I, I think even looking at at CJ next to next to a Jarman MP, CJ still has like an X factor, right? Like the Josh Weddle X factor that when he gets it, there's still an element of excitement. We just need him to be playing more than the, the sixteen games a season, which was his best in 2021. He's just got to string a season together so that we've got confidence in his ability to get his body right and on the field.
0: Absolutely. Um, and I still think although he sort of cracked the team last year, I still think he hasn't quite fully broken out. Um he's there there's there's plenty there for him to do there's so much upside um and while you know he had injuries this year and I think probably Seamus Mitchell kind of went past him the fact that we were going for someone like Liam Henry suggests that we still have positions available for players who are fast players who can um, break the lines and, and use the ball reasonably well I think there's there's a future for him absolutely. And, and he just needs a good crack at it next season. Like I said, up until this season, it's been an upward trend. Um, and there's no, just like going into this season, there was no reason to suggest or expect that to continue upwards linearly always. There's no reason to suggest that one down season means that he's done. So I would expect that to, to bounce back next year. Um, will Dave told us that he's in the team round one next year? I would love to see that. Um, Let's have it. Let's assume that he's right. And from there, um, hope that it can click for him.
1: Yeah. For those not sure of what you're referring to, we had a good chat with Will Day at the end of the season. And um, as part of their exit interviews, every player had to actually submit their starting lineup for round one. Uh, And he said he had CJ on a back flank and there is no doubt that he's hungry that with his talent, he could be an absolute enigma. Uh, I think also what you just mentioned, Mara, he's 24. Like he's, he's only just turned 24 a couple months ago. So age is on his side. Um, we just want him to get his body right um, and string string a season of games together just to give us that confidence.
0: Yeah, it's a young 24. It's not like he started when he was 18 and it's been six years. I mean, he started a couple of years late. Even then, it's only his his first seasons, didn't have many games in them. So it's a young 24. um, And I I, I would love, love him to be in that team round one and really just grabbing that opportunity um, next year.
1: And one more thing just before we leave CJ alone, um, it would be remiss of us not to throw his brother Chu into this conversation it looks really unfortunate that he's just done way too much storming home at the end of this year and and he's going to be picked up inside top 40 even though we have dibs on him as an academy product um it looks as though unless we use a pick to get him which we may not have if we're using our picks on will mccabe uh, There could be a GF running around in other colors next season.
0: Yes. It's been annoying. Like, is, there, is there any chance we can like start a rumor about him that, that, <laughs> that might, that, that might knock
1: him down a couple of places. I heard he broke his leg the other day and, um, <laughs> and it's really serious. And yeah. well, I don't know if he's ever going to play footy again. <laughs> uh, no, no horrible things to even project out there. Obviously we yeah. wish him the best and, Hopefully, he can um, fall through or something can be arranged. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Okay, we'll move on from CJ to our last player for this conversation. Uh, Another player that absolutely has split the WhatsApp group week in, week out. Um, Are you on him? Are you off him? Is he the player that could be part of... Uh, premiership forward line is he the mitch lewis foil i i think evidently the answer right now is no <laughs> isn't it Murray?
0: yes well um fortunately in some ways we've got some resolution on this because uh because has requested a trade um but it's kind of unfortunate because it was he was the one that was keeping the conversation going basically all season. If, if the conversation had flagged for a couple of weeks, you'd just say drop Cozzy and then everyone would uh, either jump in and support or not.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's really, I mean, our, our regular listeners have a pretty good understanding of which side of the fence most of us sit on. And, you know, I, I've been, I've been very open about my thoughts around the fact that I, I don't think Cozzy is going to be a gun key forward. Um, I could see that personally earlier in the year um, and really wanted him to, especially, you know, after a couple of rounds, he's not in the, in the seniors, he's playing a fair bit of box hill footy. I I really thought he should have gone back to where he played his junior footy like we've been crying out for key big body defenders playing at center half back where he doesn't necessarily have to be the one um winning the ball every time um and kicking truly kicking straight let him concentrate on following a a key forward as a defender and stopping them from getting the ball but we we just didn't didn't even see that, even at Box Hill level.
0: In, in, in one of the great sliding doors moments, actual sliding doors moments of footy in the last half decade or decade, whoever decided that we should play North Melbourne in that preseason match has just changed the trajectory of Jacob Kaczynski's <laughs> career because we played him forward against North Melbourne. Of course, he kicked six goals. He kicked six goals against North in the seniors, let alone in a preseason game, and all of a sudden... He's the next great thing in the forward line. And he did it once. There was that one game where he won the game against Adelaide. And-
1: yeah. I've got to say I was there. That was Anzac day 21 at Launceston. That was the game. I think Riley Tilthorpe, it was either his first game and he also kicked an absolute bag. Yep. Um, and he was massive. He was massive. Cosy. like, it was an unbelievable performance, but Again, you you look at this season. He's played twelve games. All right, we won't count round round count round one where he came off as a sub, even though I think from memory he played a fair bit of it. Um, so so even if you take that out of calculations, he's played eleven games, full games of footy, and he's kicked nine goals. He's kicked nine goals, ten. So even if you halve his his behinds. You know, and give him five of them, and and give him fourteen goals, five in in eleven games as as your second forward. It's actually he didn't do enough to justify a spot in the team.
0: I didn't realize it was that bad. That's that's an egregious statistic. Um, anyway, good luck. Yeah, to the teams. and maybe and, they can make something out of him.
1: Do you know what? Funnily enough, I mean. He had two beautiful passages of play in that awesome win against St Kilda, including that goal that he kicked. There was another passage where he could barely turn um, on the lead outside 50, um, but he had a wonderful tap on that led to a goal. And they were they were critical moments that helped us win the game. Um, and certainly internally inside the walls at Hawks Insider's uh, there were a couple out of about up and about talking about this being, you know, his his breakout. He still only had six marks, ten touches, and kicked one goal in the game. So, yeah, they were really important moments. But if you look at what he actually did in the game, um, from a team point of view, it, it was still lacking. I think um his best game for the season he took 8 marks against the dogs in that win um kicked one goal two he kicked three goals against the lions in the the great win that we had against them um but that was three goals from from six disposals so um you know he he's no luke bruce that he can have eight touches kick four goals or three goals and that's okay cuz you're kicking your two or three every week so Yeah, it's the
0: marks. The marks he didn't take. There's so many chances that he would get to. It was almost like it was like a Tim O'Brien situation where he'd get. You'd know that he'd get first hands to it, and it would just bounce off. Um, I, 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 I don't think that he was a long-term piece of our puzzle. Um, and I guess now he's Richmond's problem
1: yeah I actually saw a really interesting stat about Rewalt's first Jack Rewalt's maybe first forty five games and Tom Lynch's first forty five games. and they're actually tracking really similar in terms of the number number of um goals that they kicked at that point in their career. Um, yeah, it's it's um it's interesting. obviously we we wish him all the best and hope he has a successful career. but you know, it's got the same sort of feel to, to the Timo, you mentioned Tim O'Brien, uh, both of them old cement hands where, um, you know, that there was a section of the supporting group who just couldn't believe that we're prepared to let, let, let Tim O'Brien go same with Cozzy. And, um, like I said, with Emerson Jecker earlier, um, I think if they really, really wanted Cosie, they would have fought pretty hard, pretty hard for him, and he'd be staying. But uh, yeah, I, I guess time will tell, and and we wish Cosie nothing but the best. Could you could you see him in our next Premiership team, Maura? Cosie, yeah,
0: no, no, I don't think so. Um, but then, it, yeah, I guess the ba- the major thing that comes out of this, and we've just talked about Jekka and Cosie, we must have some plan
1: someone's lined up right
0: um it would be news to me if it came out now put it that way um but there must be someone that they're talking about internally because there's no way known we let two tall players go off the list plus lynch who's retired without replacing them
1: yeah especially especially i mean letting Jacket go after Cozzy's asked, asked to leave in conjunction with the news that, um, that uh, we we didn't get McKay yet makes the delisting of Jekka even more curious. All of those things added together. So we'll wait and see. But um it's been a good chat. Uh, hopefully these will be good. These are uh, going to be great. These are going to be great. Hopefully we haven't riled too many feathers. I'm sure as soon as, uh, as soon as this pod drops, I'm expecting a, um, uh, Darren Levine message about Cozzy and how could I, <laughs> um, I think Prinzy will probably add a note or two about Mr. weight that we managed to overlook, but, um, I think the beauty of this is that everyone's got their own opinions, right? So it's really good to have a chat, talk about um, players, their seasons, where they're tracking. And, yeah, looking forward to joining you. Uh, I think we've got another one scheduled to do together, Mora. So um, looking forward to recording that. Thank you very much for your time on this pod. Pleasure. Uh thanks again to everyone for your support of Hawks Insiders. For those that aren't subscribers, check out our Substack, $5 a month, $50 a year. Um we've got a lot of stuff coming up. There's going to be some Peter Crummin stuff, there are going to be plenty of these player review pods. We've got trade week coming up and then obviously we look forward to the draft. So Please, if you can, keep supporting us. Even take out a free subscription. Every sub that gets driven through the Substack helps. Follow us on socials. Enjoy the content. Uh, And until next time, take care. And we'll speak to you then. This was another Hawks Insiders production. Make sure to subscribe to our Substack for wall-to-wall
0: Hawthorne Woody Cup coverage.